Father and I walked the streets the day after the riots and said, we've got to do something. After 40 years, Eleanor Josidas still works 12 hours a day, but the basement office she started in is now a 40-acre campus on Oakman Boulevard in northwest Detroit. Josidas was always sensitive to the questions of race and poverty. She remembers weeping as she watched Martin Luther King Jr., her hero, lead the march on Mississippi in 1966. So after the riot, Josidas moved her family from Taylor to an integrated neighborhood just six minutes away from the church. When we moved back into the city, my mother hired an attorney to take my five children away from me. My father-in-law disowned me, and my brother-in-law asked me to use my maiden name so I wouldn't embarrass the family. And it wasn't lack of love. It was that they thought I had just lost it. Why would I want to do this? Josidas had bonded with her weekend pastor, Father William Cunningham, over their passion for the civil rights movement. In the beginning, they focused on organizing outings to bring black and white families together. Josidas says they soon turned their focus to complaints from people in the city who claimed the local supermarkets conspired to drive up food prices. And we got 500 volunteers in the city, 500 volunteers in the suburbs, and did a very sophisticated survey. We went into the chain stores, the mom and pops, the independent stores, when nobody knew we were coming. We would go in and take down all the prices. The study, called Hope 68, found Detroit residents were paying 30 to 40 percent more for their groceries than suburban customers. Chain stores were also dumping old meat and produce from the suburbs into the city. The national media picked up the story, and 28 store managers were fired. If you pick up the newspaper two days ago, a whole article about exactly the same thing. Josidas says malnutrition was a devastating problem among pregnant mothers and young children in the city. So Focus Hope decided to start feeding them. Tom Armstead didn't care for his job at the Warren Truck Assembly Plant, where he was among the first black foremen hired by Chrysler. His wife attended the Church of the Madonna, and Father Cunningham quickly recruited him to volunteer. Father Cunningham soon offered Armstead a job with Focus Hope, which wasn't the career path he had envisioned. Yeah, I was going up in the 60s, and integration was starting to take place, and I thought I was a pretty hot shot, and that uh, there were a lot of opportunities for folks like me to do whatever I wanted to do. And my thought was that I was going to uh, move up within the, the corporate world somewhere and, uh, and do okay for myself financially and have a big job someday. But he didn't. Armstead says, despite his visions of future success, he was passionate about helping the community in Detroit. Plus, his wife wanted him to take the job. So, Armstead says, he took a pay cut and a chance. Armstead saw an opportunity when he found out the government had sent specially made food for pregnant mothers and young children suffering from malnutrition in the city. And it was shipped out to Wayne County, the old Eloise Hospital. And it sat on the railroad spur there for weeks and months with no trucks, no warehousing, uh, no people to help distribute the food. So Focus Hope took over the operation with Armstead at the helm. A year later, the city of Detroit asked the organization to run the program permanently. They were serving 1,000 pregnant mothers and young children per month when Eleanor Josidas got a phone call from an elderly woman who asked, whispering, if Focus Hope had any food. I went running my big mouth about this fabulous program for pregnant women, nursing mothers, children. I'm bragging up a storm. 
And there was a long pause. And then she screamed into the phone at me. She said, I'm 72 years old, and you want me to get pregnant before you'll help me. After that phone call, Josidas and Father Cunningham wanted to change the program to also feed struggling senior citizens. The Focus Hope co-founders testified before members of the U.S. House and Senate 32 times in the next five years. They were, as she says, literally begging for food. Eventually, the food program was funded by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. They now serve 43,000 Detroiters every month. But the road hasn't always been smooth for the organization. Tom Armstead says Father Cunningham's decision to accept contracts from the Department of Defense during the peace movement in the early 1970s was controversial. He says area religious leaders, such as Detroit's Bishop Gumbleton, protested the decision in the press, calling the $30 million contract tainted and blood money. The reporter uh, then came to Father Cunningham and told him what uh, Bishop Gumbleton uh, had said about uh, our relationship with the Defense Department. And of course, Father Cunningham explained to him that we weren't making uh, bullets and uh, other equipment like that. We were working with the Automotive Command, making vehicles and parts of vehicles. And that uh, the money was not tainted, he said, it just tain enough, was his response to the reporter. Focus Hope workers all use one word when they describe Father William Cunningham, visionary. Eleanor Josidas says he hated that word. She says he was a risk taker, like the time he boxed Muhammad Ali to raise money for the charity, or when he refused to accept outdated computer equipment for the Machinist Training Institute because his students deserved to learn on the best computers available. So the company agreed to donate new equipment instead. Armstead says Father Cunningham's passion was the source of his power. He could uh, tell you the story about uh, Focus Hope and, and our needs and uh, bring you to tears and bring himself to tears because of his passion about uh, what we were doing here. Uh, he was so charismatic. Uh, he had, you know, dancing brown eyes and a huge smile and uh, lit up a room when he walked into a room. Father Cunningham died in 1997 after a battle with cancer and pneumonia. Josidas said he didn't want any monuments or streets renamed in his honor, just a promise that his co-workers would continue his life's work. Almost 40 years later, the work continues. This is Ashley Woods.